Good morning. Glad, glad you came back. Praise the Lord. It's just good to hang out in church. It's just righteous and good to worship Him, magnify Him. Man, there's nothing we can do better than to honor Him. Praise the Lord. You know, the Holy Ghost will help you honor the Son of God. He'll help you magnify Him. I believe we're living in a day where there'll be a, an explosion of, of angels, miracles, power, glory, grace, all the good stuff. Hallelujah. <laughs> And uh, he set your life up. How wild. All the different moves of God to get you in position to be a voice right before he came back. Man, oh man. So we get to get into all these truths. You know, we're, we're condensing a lot of things because there's about 20 hours worth of stuff you could get into. But uh, we're kind of hitting the highlights so, so that we can see our generation gets to see these signs. No other generations had all these signs. I wish I had the, um, I forgot to bring the statistics, but the math is off the chart just on the 14 individual prophecies of the first coming of the Lord. You know, born in Bethlehem, coming riding in on a colt, pierced in his side, hung on a cross. The odds of that are, they're, they're so off the chart to go back to the wall. And then you look at all the odds of all the other prophecies that have come to pass. Mathematically, it's impossible. It's like the guy, remember uh, President Clinton got the guy to do the genome code, you know, the DNA and RNA helix, you know, he was wanting him to break down that. He was a sinner. And uh, he got into the, the genome code and broke the code, and he said there's enough information on every single cell that you could read uh, night and day for 30 years, and you, that's how much information is on, on one cell. His books will be stacked as high as the Washington Monument. On, that much information on every cell. He said only a God could do that. Our dad's very cool. Hallelujah. <laughs> he, he doesn't mess around. Praise the Lord. We, we, you know, when those angels go around the throne, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They get a different facet of how awesome he is. And I believe the more we get into this book, he reveals to us uh, all about him, his mercy and his kindness. And isn't it amazing? There's nothing bad in him. If anything bad ever happens in your life, God has nothing to do with it. It's just so weird that that tried to creep back into the church. And that's like, no, uh, the Lord and the devil have not changed places. <laughs> Amen. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, whom there's no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. Hallelujah. You can always count on this. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. And he said, we can reign as kings in life through one Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, grab your Bibles there and you just turn wherever you think you ought to turn. We'll, we'll get rolling today. Praise the Lord. I think we'll just m go through the signs mentally. So go to Matthew 24. Um, like you just went through them real quick. Boof. Uh, Jedi mind trick. Hallelujah. No, that's just a joke. I don't know why you feel so free uh, in, in your church, but it's because uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, it's just fun. Praise the Lord. I love the strength of your church. Matthew 24 is where I want to go. We, we started out in Luke 21. Go to Luke 21 real quick. I want to read one verse to you. I'm sorry. We started out with the biggest signs being Israel made a nation and Jerusalem won back. Um, it's so cool. You can go get the DVD videos of, what's it called, babe? I can't remember the name of it. Is it It's a Miracle? or uh, There's all these DVDs now where they reenact all these things that happened in the Six-Day War. And you can see them interview the, the actual people that were in that and see how shocked they were to see how God supernaturally delivered them. Very Old Testament-like. If you notice how it's almost switching back over to those seven years where God's going to deal with people in an Old Testament fashion. And that's why sometimes in the word group we feel kind of a works mentality coming in to try to qualify. Well, you don't have to qualify. Jesus is your qualifier. Amen. Amen. 
So let's pray and we'll get right into the Word here. We've got a lot to get into. Lord, thank you for blessing every person that came this morning. We thank you for these 10 years, Father. We celebrate 10 years uh, of doing the will of God in Life Church. Thank you for such radical increase. Uh, we, we take our, our thought pattern to a whole other level to see what you can do in the last days. And Father, as we approach these truths about your return to the earth, may it bring a reverence to us about how awesome you are. May we see your plan in totality. May we comprehend how blessed we are to live in the dispensation of grace, the church age. Thank you, thank you, thank you for dying for us. And we all endeavor to walk in the full measure of what you left us, our inheritance. We'll not leave one thing undone, but, Father, we'll take heed to that which you've given us and we'll walk in the full measure of it. We thank you for your blessings. Every person in the room, blessed, increased, doing the will of God, finishing their course with joy, a renewal of spiritual ambition. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you that we are writing our resume for what we'll be doing during the millennium. Lord, we bless you, honor you, and give you glory in this room this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody said amen. amen. Go there back to Luke 21, and we'll run through these for just a minute, because I want to get to a verse that I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, we were at verse 24, talking about Jerusalem, then at verse 29 of Luke 21. He talked about, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer or harvest is nigh at hand. Likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. We talked about the two main signs there. Are Israel made a nation, uh, 1948, Jerusalem being won back in 1967. Those are the big ones. And he says in verse 32, Verily I say unto you, this generation will not pass away till all is fulfilled. In other words, if you're the generation that sees those two events... Uh, you're in the last generation. But we got talked about the Hebrew language being restored. Talked about the Ethiopian Jews being brought back. Talked about the revival of the Roman Empire. Talked about um, the technology for the mark of the beast. Talked about the fertility, uh, fertility of the land of Israel. How it's just blossoming. And, and it was prophesied. All these prophecies. I have all the scripture references for all of it. But God prophesied that to them. And you can visibly watch those promises coming to pass. How cool is it that it doesn't even take faith when you can see it? You don't even have to believe it. You can see it. Praise the Lord. So it's awesome. But look down at verse 34. He gives us a little uh, admonishment here. He says, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that day comes upon you unawares. Now, it's pretty amazing. This is talking about the second coming. Okay, so, so he's even saying after the rapture, people would let that come upon them unawares. Isn't that amazing? So look at the next verse. I like this one, verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and that you can come to pass that will, you can stand before the Son of Man. Now what I like about this verse is I don't have to pray to be accounted worthy. He's talking to Jewish boys that aren't saved. See, remember, see, see the difference of the language between the Gospels and the Epistles? In the Epistles, he says, I'm him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I got a couple of grunts and a couple of that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, what it does, it brings you boldness for the rapture. Yes. Okay, so in, in the Gospels, he's talking to Jewish boys that aren't born again. So he's saying, hey, you better pray that you're accounted worthy to stand before me and not be here when all these things are happening. I don't have to worry about that because I'm, I'm in the church of the living God. And we, we didn't get into it yesterday about the rapture. We went through a lot about the rapture. But you'll notice in Scripture, God always gives you a precedent ahead of time. Notice Noah, did, he escaped the judgment of the flood, right? He didn't have to be in the flood. He rode above it. Think of Sodom and Gomorrah. God got the righteous out before the judgment came. The angel told Lot, I can't do anything in Sodom until I get you out of here. And that's a perfect picture of the church. The wrath of God can't come on the earth until He gets the church out of here. 
Hallelujah. And if you want to hang out and go through it, go for it. Shoot, the, shoot your best shot. I, I'm going up in the first load. Hallelujah. Because people don't talk about it a lot. There is another rapture midway through the trib, and the Bible says that's the greatest harvest ever. Now, I don't want to make you mad, but our Word of Faith group thinks that we're going to bring it all in when the Bible specifically says there's a greater harvest even after we're raptured. I mean, we want to take credit for all of it, but you know what? There's, we're not going to take all the credit. Praise the Lord. That's just pride. We want to be, you are significant because you're in Christ, but the Bible uh, is going to have a wonderful sign for all these people on the earth called the rapture, and you get to disappear. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so we talked about that yesterday, the rapture of the church, and there's a lot of things more we're skipping over, but I want to get into today the second coming of Christ. This is the grand event. I'm going to get into that for a little bit, and I'm going to get into a few minutes of the millennium. I'm going to try to split it up a little bit. And, and once we get into some of these things about the millennium, we'll see why we've all learned so much about the Word. We'll see why we've learned about operating in power. We'll see why God's invested in you because you're tasting of the powers of the world to come. God's a very good investor. Hallelujah. And you know, I remember the story. How many of you ever heard of Harold the truck driver? While we're getting to this, go to Matthew 24. Ever heard of the guy named Harold the truck driver? You remember that guy from the 80s, you know? Uh, He was a guy from Kentucky. Well, it was 85 or 86. He started having all these visions about the second coming of the Lord. Didn't even know what they were. <laughs> I mean, and come to find out, they, his buddies would take him there, and he's telling all these visions he's had, and they were like, well, those are all in the Bible. <laughs> he was having visions of what was going to happen during the tribulation period. And uh, so he just felt compelled that he was supposed to go tell the prime minister of Israel. <laughs> now, he's this truck driver, hillbilly from Kentucky, so he gets over to the, the prime minister's office there. Back then it was in Tel Aviv. He's since then moved to Jerusalem. And he's there, I'm supposed to meet with, uh, with the prime minister. i got some stuff to tell the prime minister. What's going to happen before the coming of the Lord? And they're like, uh, okay, whatever. And they totally ignored him for like 40 days. He hung out there. Uh, it was very persistent to go, I'm supposed to meet with the prime minister to share him what's going to happen to your nation. They're like, you're crazy. So after like 40 days, they sent kind of a low-level down guy to go meet with him. Say, man, go, go meet with that guy and find out what his story is because at least he's persistent and then we'll get him out of here and that'll, that'll you know, soothe his conscience. Well, this guy began to, uh, came down from the, uh, one of the low-level guys came down and met with him and, and Harold the truck driver goes through the whole thing because this is what's going to happen to you. Uh, the church is going to disappear. God's going to raise up 144,000 Jews. You're going to have the two witnesses come on the scene. Uh, the Antichrist is going to do crazy things. And the guy that he met with was Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> now, he's the prime minister of Israel right now and yeah. was even before, but he wasn't at that time. So how wild is that that a hillbilly from America goes over and gives all the details of what's going to happen? Hallelujah. It's just cool how God can get information to the right people at the right time. And I don't even know if Benjamin Netanyahu even remembers that, but when he needs to remember it, he'll remember it. Hallelujah. So how cool is it? Our nation has been such a blessing to the the land of Israel. Even President Nixon, uh, his mother told him his whole life, there'll come a time, this is before he was in politics, when he was a kid, there'll come a time where you'll have a position of power in our nation and you'll be able to bless the nation of Israel. And in the Yom Kippur War in 1973, the nations were coming against Israel again to attack them and trying to annihilate them. And Israel's defense minister was standing there in President Nixon's office and says, man, we need C-130s. And Nixon turned over to McNamara and said, how many do we have? He said, send them all. 
And here our nation was there to bless Israel in a time of need. But we have blessed the nation of Israel. You know, a lot of people get all weird about judgment, thinking that God's judging us with Katrina or whatever, Irene. Well, if he did, he's doing a bad job. Because <laughs> when God judges things, you really can't find things after that. <laughs> I mean, the flood. <laughs> so when God does judgment, it's like, it's judgment. <laughs> I mean, there's the flood, there's Sodom and Gomorrah. You can't find Sodom and Gomorrah. It's gone. So, see, there's still things left. And, and, and Israel, uh, uh, I mean, Germany prospered after killing six million Jews. If anybody was going to get judged, it would have been Germany. See, we're in the dispensation of grace. In this dispensation, God is not mad at anybody. Amen. That's almost, I can't believe that you could get people mad at you for saying that. They go, well, they want to fight for the right to think God wants to hurt them. No, God loves you. Yes. It's called the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go here to Matthew and let's look at the grand event. This is the deal. I wish I had some smoke machines, you know, and some lasers going for this because uh, there's going to come some stuff. Everybody, we, we all try to do stuff to duplicate what's going to happen at the second coming because it's going to be awesome. Matthew 24, go back there for a minute. He talked about the signs of his coming and then he instantly goes over from the signs, talks about the tribulation period, and he goes into verse 27 of Matthew 24. Let's pick up here. Matthew 24, verse 27. For as the lightning comes out of the east, and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So see how dramatic it will be. It'll be I've never seen lightning that was boring. It was like, boop, no, it's going to be kaboom. It's going to be radical. It says in verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days. So it tells you when the second coming is going to happen. After the tribulation. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. All right, this is radical and dramatic. We're going to get into a couple more verses, but watch what he says in verse 30, 31. This is interesting. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they'll gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. That's not the rapture. I listened to a couple end times guys on TV lately, and they, they all think that's the rapture. He's not talking about the rapture. Remember, it's a mystery. He started talking about the rapture when he gets to the church age. Okay, this is the second coming. Remember the rapture? We go up to meet the Lord in the air at the second coming. He bodily comes down to the planet. Okay, Amen. This is when the wicked are taken off the earth. Remember, in the rapture, the righteous get to go off while judgment is here. At the second coming, the wicked are taken off. Remember the wheat and tares parable? He said, I'll let the wheat and tares grow together. And at the end of the age, the angels will be the reapers. Because you couldn't tell the wheat from the tares, but right here at the very end, he's going to separate the wheat from the tares, and the angels yes. will go down and harvest those wicked people that are on the earth at the second coming. Now get your brains rolling for a minute. At this time, there'll still be some righteous people that have made it through the latter part of the tribulation that are born again. The Lord will leave them on the earth, just like the days of Noah, to repopulate the earth. Yes. So let's keep moving. Everybody with me? Yes. All right, everybody say caffeine. Come on, praise the Lord. Here we go. All right, let's go a little further here. He says in verse number 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the day, verse 38, The days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark. They knew not till the flood came, took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two shall be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. This is still the second coming, not the rapture. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, one shall be taken and the other left. This is pretty wild uh, uh, that he gives you kind of a percentage at the second coming. Half the people 
people uh, will, will get born again. Half people are going to be uh, not born again, the other half will be. Isn't that a radical after all these signs? You've got rapture. You've got asteroids hitting. <laughs> I was preaching in Russia about uh, the different asteroids that are going to hit and how they'll spoil the water if radioactive. It's called wormwood. In the Russian Bible, it's the word Chernobyl. Yeah, they're like, they're like, holy smoke. So all this stuff is happening, but in the midst of all this happening, you've got the two witnesses in Jerusalem. I mean, they're killed, they're raised from the dead, and there's this massive rapture then. And then you've got the people in the latter part, sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up, and people are still going, hey, let's go out on a date, let's get married. I mean, these people are still wanting to continue life as usual with millions of people being killed by nuclear war. So isn't this radical that uh, God's so merciful to give the earth sign after sign after sign after sign after sign, and people still go, let's just keep doing business as usual. Now that's pretty wild. <laughs> you think some people would go, hmm, something's up. <laughs> we, need to, we need to repent. Notice the pressure that's on during this tribulation time, right at the second coming, is to get people to make a decision. God's so merciful, it'll be a foxhole mentality. That last three and a half years, man, there'll be so much stuff happening, people will not be able to ride the fence. You'll either be for him or against him. So let's go look a little bit more here. Run down, if you would, to uh, chapter 25. So glad you came this morning. Everybody with me? Amen. Chapter 25. Let's look at a little bit, a few more verses here about the second coming. Verse 32. And, well, look at verse 31. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then he shall sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Now this is not talking about the church at all. We're coming back with him to administrate this judgment right here. He's talking about the natural people that are on the earth, and he's going to divide the sheep from the goats. So watch what happens. He says in verse 33, He shall set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left. He shall, the, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, this is called the sheep and goat judgment. At the second coming, he'll take the wicked off the earth so the earth can start over again in the millennial reign of Christ with perfect righteousness. So you have natural-bodied people that he's going to go, Here's a natural kingdom for you. Isn't that something? So we'll be in glorified bodies, ruling over this kingdom, unseen, just like you have angels in this room that are unseen. I believe we'll be seen at times, and times we'll be unseen. I don't, I don't want to get into all that right now, but it'll be cool to walk through walls, and, you know, and during the millennium, somebody tries to rob a bank, and you walk through the wall, and go, hmm, not in this dispensation, come on. <laughs> How'd you, you go, your name is Alan. I saw you try to get those weapons to come in here. How'd you know my name's Alan? As a word of knowledge. You're, you're operating in the powers of the world to come, in the world to come. Now, that sounds crazy, but I'll prove that out with Scripture here in a minute. Because we all think, well, once we're raptured, we're just going to go to heaven and float with violins and play, play harps? No, it's going to be a very natural thousand years. Very, very natural thousand years. I'll prove it out here with more verses. Now, some folks are looking at the pastor like I'm saying something wrong, so I'll come stand by him so you can look at me and the pastor at the same time. I'm not smart enough to come up with this on my own. I, this is called Bible. <laughs> okay? I'm not intelligent enough to go, okay, I figured this out. Once you get into this long enough, this is exactly what happens. Notice that Adam had a natural life, natural kingdom, and he missed it. God didn't change his mind just because Adam missed it. He still wants a natural kingdom. And, and we'll, you, we'll look at it. The Bible promises Israel a perpetual generations of natural people forever. Amen. Eternity. Wow, let's keep moving. Everybody still with me? Yes. Let's go to Revelation. I see some gears moving in some people. Come on now. I see some twitching. Here we go. <laughs> let's go to Revelation 19. 
Revelation 19. Man, once we get into this stuff, we see how blessed we are. Wow. We are so blessed. Man, man, man. To be living in this dispensation. What's that verse? He said, In the ages to come, He'll show forth His goodness and His kindness to them that first trusted in Him. Well, during that millennium, you'll have people. You'll be preaching to people that have children, and when they reach the age of accountability, they've got to get saved. You'll be able to go, Well, there He is right there. You need to get born again. We got it without ever seeing Him. That's why we're so blessed. Amen. They'll have to get him, and he's there. <laughs> You'll go, hello, <laughs> he's on the throne. You need, you need to accept him as your Savior. Let's keep moving. Look at Revelation 19. Still with me? Here we go. Revelation 19. Look at verse number. This is another dramatic vision. If you want to get a, a look at the second coming, you can look in Joel. You can look in Isaiah. You can look in Zechariah. Zechariah has some of the coolest descriptions of the second coming. I remember, remember the movie uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, and at the very end of it they had the Ark of the Covenant and all of a sudden the, the stuff came out and melted all of them right there. They got that from Zechariah. That's what it will look like at the second coming. Their flesh will melt away from their faces out of their eye sockets because of the power that's going to happen right there. Now see, Hollywood just gets things from, from the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, go to Revelation 19. Here's some, another description of the second coming. Re- Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness does he judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Wow, this is a description of the second coming right here. And the armies which were with him in heaven, that's us, followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So here we're going to come back on horses. What a a visual this will be, airborne, coming back to the planet with Jesus. Wow. I mean, that will be so cool. I talked about the other day. It's one thing to ride a horse, another thing to fly on a horse. This is going to be, this is going to be amazing. Praise the Lord. Giddy up. I don't know how that all works, but I'm in. He says in verse 15, Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. With it he should smite the nations, and he'll rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the fiercest and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Wow. I mean, that first time he comes in a manger, he's mocked, he's spit upon, he's humiliated. His own rejected him. Wow. He said, I would have gathered you together. And he said, and, and you would not. He cursed the fig tree because the fig tree rejected him. And he went to the Gentiles. But at the second coming here, man, you talk about all that haughtiness laid low, all that arrogance and pride of man. He will come back in glory. Every eye will see him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. You know, it's, it's amazing to, to go from one thing as Savior to look at Him as King. Hallelujah. Amen. So notice what happens here. This is the second coming, and then He tells the fowls of the air to go clean up the land because of the tribulation period. So you got the birds eating all the flesh of captain, of mighty men, and all that. So skip over to chapter 20, and here we see what's happening right at the second coming. Right at that second coming is when the, great, the sheep and goat judgment happens, you know, and all that. So He says in verse 1 of chapter 20, and I saw an angel, one angel, not a, not a whole team, not a legion, one angel come down from heaven, having a key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, that is the devil, Satan, bound him a thousand years. So it doesn't even take a team to bind him because he's already been defeated. Jesus paralyzed him 2,000 years ago. So here it says in verse 2, laid hold on him in verse 3, cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up, set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, 
till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed for a little season. Now that's a little bizarre, but you'll notice every dispensation, man misses it. In the dispensation of innocence, you have the fall. Dispensation of... uh, I can't even remember what the next one is. The dispensation of... uh, What's the next one? Uh, Anyway, there's seven different dispensations. Every single one of them, man messes it up. Uh, The next one's the Tower of Babel. Uh, dispensation of government. Uh, next one, dispensation of family. Ends in the law. Next one, dispensation of... Uh, uh, God, I can't even remember what they are. But anyway, they all end in man not being able to measure up and not making it. And so at the millennial reign of Christ, this is pretty wild. God gives natural man in natural bodies with the devil bound. Now, we're in glorified bodies. We're ruling over them. But God gives natural man the opportunity to see what he's going to do. And he still messes it up. With Satan bound, he messes it up during that thousand years. So God's going to go, you know what? The the devil wasn't even here to to influence you, and you still messed it up. You still rebelled because of the Adamic nature in man, even all the way through the second coming. Kind of bizarre, isn't it? They mess it up even with Jesus physically being there. Kind of wild, huh? So let's go back and look at the millennium for a minute. This is going to get cool here in a second. We're going to get into some, some fun stuff. So what a cool thing, though. Jesus sets up his righteousness right there. Boom, he sets it up. Starts off, I believe on Fox, it'll be Jesus. On CNN, it'll be Jesus. On MSNBC, it'll be Jesus. It'll be Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noon, Jesus at summertime. I believe the History Channel, the History Channel will be the Old Testament prophets, and the you know the, the History Channel will be going through all that. The sitcoms will be, look, there's Moses and Elijah, and uh, you know it, it'll be so cool. So all, at the beginning of the millennium, it's all righteousness. Jesus reigns right there from Jerusalem. His, his there's that great earthquake. His throne comes up. The Temple Mount will be raised up, so the throne will be right there. The water coming out of the throne will go into the Mediterranean and life will be restored to the earth just like before the flood. Natural man will live a thousand years old and, uh, and there'll just be righteousness everywhere. Hallelujah. Won't that be cool? Uh, uh, it's just going to be awesome. The, your heart craves for righteousness. That's why the show like Law and Order, uh, all these others, because we want to see the person that committed the crime get, get convicted of the crime. We want perfect righteousness. And during that thousand years, Jesus will reign in perfect righteousness. Wow. Won't that be fun? And the Bible says that you'll be reigning with Him. If you're faithful over so much, you'll rule over ten cities. Faithful over so much, you'll rule over one city. So you'll have a sphere of influence over, over regions of the earth, just like the devil tries to do right now. Remember uh, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, rulers of the darkness of this world? Where did the devil get that plan? He got that from God. You know how Satan tries to influence a certain area? He's copying what your influence will be during the millennial reign of Christ. Now, we're going to get into some cool stuff here about the millennium. Go back to uh, Isaiah. Everybody still with me? Yeah. I know this is a little different, but man, once you get into it, it's just radically cool. Isaiah chapter 11, real quick. Isaiah 11. Isaiah chapter 11. Look at verse, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor... Isaiah, this is page 785, you've got a Bible like mine. Verse 4, But with righteousness he'll judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his lips. Remember what he said at the second coming? Out of his mouth will go a sharp two-edged sword. He'll smite the earth with the rod of his lips, and with the breath of his lips he'll slay the wicked. I believe at the second coming he's going to... Those left-behind books quote something really cool at the second coming. He's walking through the valley of Megiddo. I'm he who is dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. I'm the lily of the valley. Oh, come on. He... 
Mm-hmm. He starts quoting himself. He's yeah. the living word. Yeah. And he's, he's slaying them with the words of his mouth. Yeah. Woo, you should read that book with the one on the second coming. It's just, man, it'll make you, it'll get you going. Praise the Lord. Verse 6, the wolf will dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. How cool, a kid will go to the park and take a lion on a leash. Here, let's go to the park. Uh, it's just going to be a radical time. Nature gets altered when Satan is bound. You, yeah. see, you see the effects of the fall taken off the earth, and little kids are playing with animals like they should. Yeah. I mean, it even says a kid will put his hand in the hole of a snake and not even worry about it. Now, if you put your hand, you, you just snake even near you. Everybody's, oh, you won't even be. People won't even be worried. Oh, little, little Billy's playing with the snakes again. No big deal. Man, it's going to be cool. I'm going to have a pet lion. I can't wait. I don't know if, if we'll put a saddle on him and ride him, but it'd be kind of cool. Buzz around the neighborhood. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm riding my lion again. Now, I personally believe this, and we'll, we'll, we'll prove it out here with a little more verses, but nature's altered here. And uh, we'll, we'll go look at uh, Isaiah 26, I believe it is, and let's, and let's just prove that out a little bit. We'll go to church here in just a second, too. And man, this, no, Isaiah 30, I believe it is. This is going to bless you. Wow. Look at nature. Look at how nature's altered in Isaiah 30. Isaiah chapter 30. Moreover, the light, this is verse 26 of Isaiah 30, I'm sorry. Isaiah 30, verse 26, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day the Lord binds up the breach of His people and heals the stroke of their wound. So he talks about sunlight. Sunlight's going to be seven times brighter. Wow. Nighttime during that time will be like our day right now. This shows you how much darkness we're in right now. When Jesus appeared to Paul, He was brighter than the noonday sun. Well, the light will be seven times brighter, and you can get technical about that, but photosynthesis will be in operation. Plant life stronger, oxygen life stronger because of all the light, da-da-da. And so you have natural man living longer, and you've got them partaking of the glory of God. Wow. Won't that be why when those kids reach the age of accountability, you'll be talking to them, you'll be preaching to them. That's why I say we're not done. Because a lot of times people go, well, we just get raptured, and we go to heaven and just eat, eat meals all day. No. I am looking forward to my glorified body, though. Praise the Lord. But we're, we're going to be functioning in things. The Bible says, They that be wise and teach or preach, you'll shine as the firmament. If, if you instruct people and bless people with righteousness, you'll shine as the firmament. Wow. So you're, 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 you're what you're dressed like will preach for you during that time. Now, I know what I'm going to do a lot of times during that time. I know that everybody doesn't like this sometimes, but I'm going to play golf. I'm going to, I'm going to play golf at times, you know. Uh, uh, if we even want to do that, I don't know. But, you know, you're not going to use your, lose your taste when you get to heaven. People always ask us as we do question and answers, you know, in Germany or question and answers. People go, well, I know my wife when I get to heaven. Well, do you know her now? <laughs> things only get intensified. You don't lose things. It just gets intensified. Amen. Your glorified body's better, not worse. Jesus ate meat, and he, he didn't even have to. He, had a, he, he has the glory of God filling him, but he still ate meat and then cooked some meals for him. Yeah. And he grilled his food, still ate it right there. So obviously we'll have this body that you can eat, walk through walls still, and still travel. I don't understand it all, but it's just going to be cool. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to start out at St. Andrews in, in, over in England, play 18 holes, <laughs> translated to Augusta, Georgia, play the Masters, 18 holes, translated to Pebble Beach, play 18 holes, and then translate to Hawaii, play 18 holes, and then come back around right through St. Andrews. You say, well, why would you say that? Because when you get to heaven, your personality is going to be the same as it is now. You're not going to all of a sudden turn into a robot. I'm glad to be here, Lord. I love you. No. That's why, 
He could have that with angels, but he, he has your character. So the things you like now, you'll like. If you like to read now, you'll love to read then. If you like to play musical instruments, well, you'll love to play musical instruments then. You're, you're only going to lose the bad things of the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. I don't know why the devil's trying to tell people that it's going to be worse. It's, no, just better. Hallelujah. All right, let's go look at a little bit more. Let's go look at church. Go to Zechariah. You say we're going to be church during the millennium? Absolutely. I'll tell you what runs the millennial kingdom, the tithe. There'll be people tithing the whole millennial reign of Christ. There won't be any income tax for the kingdom. The tithe will. People will be bringing their goods to, the, to, to Jerusalem. <laughs> look at Zechariah 14. Ooh, I love this stuff. This is good stuff. You ought to look back at chapter 14 and chapter 13. Look at the second coming. He gives you some graphic descriptions of how radical the second coming will be. Here in verse number 16, it shall come to pass that everyone, this is Zechariah 14, if you can find it, it's right before Malachi. We know where Malachi is because everybody knows the tithing verses. So right before Malachi is Zechariah. So Zechariah, everybody with me? Zechariah 14, verse 16. It shall come to pass that of everyone that is left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem. So there'll be people that are left after the battle of Armageddon. Those are the righteous people that are born again that make it through that latter part of the tribulation. He says right there, of the people that are left, okay? Those are the ones we'll be ruling over that are in the sheep uh, uh, judgment. He says, and it'll come to pass of everyone that is left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, to keep the feast of tabernacles. Wow. It shall be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up, they come not, they'll have no rain. There shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite, notice this, the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So you'll have people that don't get born again during the millennium once they reach the age of accountability and they go, it ain't worth it to go to the, the Feast of Tabernacles and go to Jerusalem. The Lord will go, hey, no problem. You ain't ain't getting no rain. <laughs> in this dispensation, you miss church, you're still blessed. You ought to come to church. You know what I'm saying? In the millennium, you don't turn, come to church. Hey, that's not a problem. You, you ain't going to get no rain. Don't get any rain. Don't get any crops. Don't get any crops. Don't get any food. See how blessed you are to live in the dispensation of grace? So it's church. <laughs> it's church. So we'll, the, the natural people will be going... This is, I want us to get this to show you how blessed you are. And how crazy it is that even during that perfect time, people will still go, it's not worth it to serve Him. Wow, that's why your influence of who you are in Christ and going, I tasted of this before I could see it. There He is right there. You need to receive Him. You'll be preaching more than you've ever preached. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Why, why is He investing so much in this generation? So this natural generation, us getting glorified bodies, will rock right into the millennium and start preaching. Boom, 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 boom. It is written, it is written, it is written. And those other generations go, man, I had to go through school up here in heaven to get all this figured out. And you had it figured out even before you got here. You, you figured out to reverence Him like never before. Now, I didn't go into it, but at the sheep and goat judgment, the nations that have treated Israel bad will not be there. But you'll notice here, Egypt's here. It says that Egypt could come up. So remember, uh, the leader of Egypt made a peace agreement with Israel, and so the nation as a nation will be here during the millennium. And that's something. I don't believe Iran will be here. Then there might be some saved people from Iran here, but as a nation, at that sheep and goat judgment, any nations that have treated Israel bad as a nation will not be here. 
He wants them to, to reflect the people that were good to his kids. Hallelujah. Yes. All right, let's go look at a little, little bit more. There's church, and uh, there's more descriptions of it, but I want to keep moving. Go back over to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 61. Let's look a little bit more. Now, what should this do to us? It propels us now because we're so close to his return. Wow, there's a bunch to get into. Let's keep moving. Isaiah chapter 61, look at verse 4. You with me there, page 832? So you got a Bible like mine? All right, Isaiah 61, look at verse 4. They shall build the old wastes, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. So see, at the beginning of the millennium, the natural people are going to start rebuilding the, the, the natural things in the earth that got destroyed because there will be so much destruction during the tribulation. So they're going to be, it'll be just like right now. I believe this, and I could be wrong. I could be corrected. I believe there will be car dealerships, but the technology will so increase that all of a sudden there's, how many of you saw, what's that? movie Back to the Future where they're float, flying in the cars on highways now you can't come up with something that's not available let me just say that you don't have the capacity to come up with something that's not available that means it's available so I believe after the planes the technology for the planes kind of go out of uh, like oh that's just blase you're just flying around with wings now we fly around in cars the natural people will start doing that things will increase and uh, they'll build up all the cities that are destroyed it'll just be beautiful it'll be radical and man, we'll have Jesus on the news at night, Jesus on the news in the morning. Amen. You'll probably have, just like the president right now has a press secretary, the press secretary was up there today talking about what the president's agenda will be for today. You'll have Jesus' press secretary get up in the morning and go, this is the itinerary of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He'll be in Miami, Florida this morning for a few minutes to address some of the believers there. And then he'll go over to London and address some of the believers there. So there'll be an agenda every day where Jesus and the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Hallelujah. The knowledge of the glory of God. And you think of the facets to where you'll be administrating the kingdom. Now, what's so cool about God? He gives us the opportunity to do that before we get there. We're supposed to be operating in millennial blessings before we're there. And you feel the devil's bound. Well, he's under my feet. He's already bound in my life. So, see, you are the forerunner to the liberty of the millennial reign of Christ. Your joy and your peace. You're a picture of... The Lord will take natural people during that time to go, look at my church right here before I came and look how victorious they were. And they, and they were victorious with Satan being on the earth. And he'll brag on you. He'll go, they weren't in glorified bodies, but they took me at my word. And then you'll have those natural body people going, wow, Satan's bound. I'm still not even measuring up. Come on now. <laughs> All right, let's keep, let's keep moving on a little bit further. Oh, he wants to brag on you. He, he's the apple. You're the apple of his eye. Go over to Isaiah 65. This is the cool part I want to get to. It just takes me a little bit of time. Mm. You don't hear a lot of preaching on the millennium, but really the Bible says that Jesus endured the cross for what? The joy that was set before Him. You should have some things set before you to show you why God is strengthening you so much at the very end of this dispensation because He's going to utilize your life before and after the coming of the Lord. Amen. Look at Isaiah 65. Go over to verse 20. This is really cool. There shall be no more than an, than an infant of days. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 20. There will be no more than an infant of days, nor an old man that has not fulfilled his days. For a child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. They'll build houses, they'll inhabit them, they'll plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. So people are going to be building houses, they're going to have vineyards. But the verse before this is the one I want to get to. 
a natural-bodied person during the millennium, he makes a mistake. Let's say he's a sinner. He's, maybe he's riding motorcycles. I, I saw the skateboarding stuff last night. You know, Maybe they're skateboarding. A natural-bodied person during the millennium, he's not born again. He's maybe skateboarding. He's trying to do one of those deals and flips off of it and breaks his neck and dies right there. Well, he goes to hell. But you have a saint that's 100 years old, and he's, that's kind of hilarious. You have a saint 100 years old, and he's riding a skateboard. He flips over and breaks his neck. All of a sudden, a glorified one, you walk over to him and go, rise up and walk. And see, you have that in you to raise people up. During that millennium, when a saint does something stupid like that, you go, oh, no, not in this dispensation. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Amen. You have that in you to raise people up. Because you'll have that. You'll have natural people do something crazy. The devil's bound. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't the devil cause it. It's just somebody doing something stupid. Don't tell me riding a motorcycle, trying to do a jump and do a flip over a bar that somebody won't make a mistake. Hello, that's stupid. Somebody does something. Maybe a, a, glorif- uh, maybe a natural body saint does that, breaks his neck and he's paralyzed. All of a sudden, you're translated from where you were playing golf at St. Andrews. You walk right over and go, watch this. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. And their, their spinal cords taken care of. That's why you're tasting now of the powers of the world to come. You will enforce that kingdom on the earth. Because you preach that, uh, you preach it, and people, it's, it immediately there's, a, there's such a truth to it, it just registers right here. Wow, that's my destiny. Now, I don't know, what, I, don't, I can't tell you exactly what all is going to happen, but Paul said, no, you're not, you'll judge angels, you'll rule over angels. He said, why would you even take a matter to court when, when you're going to be, you'll be the ruling people during the millennium. Wow. So we have some wonderful things to look forward to. I believe you'll have some cool robes. You know, I've preached on it here several times about uh, the reward seat of Christ. You'll be clothed indicative to how faithful you were in this dispensation. And you want to have some robes, man. You don't want to be walking around the millennium with a Speedo bathing suit on. Come on. <laughs> Aha! Uh-huh. Didn't do anything during the church age, did you? Your, your uniform will dictate how faithful you were. Now, I know that sounds like we earned it or whatever, but really, it's not an earning thing. It, you're, we're all righteous and there's nothing to be afraid of, but the Bible says you'll be clothed indicative to how faithful you were. Just like in the military, a guy has some stars here. You know he's a general. You know he did what he's supposed to do. You won't be jealous of somebody's robe. You won't go, rats, they got the coolest robe. No, you'll, you'll, go, you'll go, check out their robe, man. They must have done something that's worthy. I guarantee you, when you see Elijah, you'll know who he is. When you see John Wesley, you'll know who he is. His uniform will preach for him. Now, what is that for? Well, that, 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 that's so that during that time, that ruling class, which is you, now we know the Jews will be ruling over the natural affairs of the earth. You'll be ruling over the spiritual affairs of the earth. Wow, that's kind of radical, isn't it? So they get to handle all the Mickey Mouse stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I mean? all, the, all the day-to-day duties while you get to, to be... Wow, be the shining church in the millennial reign of Christ. Wow. So they're going to be building houses, and you're going to be showing up here, showing up there, doing the Lord's work. Amen. Doing errands for Jesus. Yeah. What's your destiny? Jesus' errands all over yeah. the earth. All right, let's go look a little bit more. So glad you came. Yeah. Look at this last one. I'll show you this one. I'll give you a little, little bonus here. We've got about ten minutes. Look at this. This is a bonus one. Isaiah 66. Mm. Just one chapter over. This one's cool. Don't normally preach on this, but watch. This is, this is cool. Verse 23, It shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, this is verse 23 of Isaiah 66, just the next chapter over, 
From one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. So there again, he's talking he's saying the same Zechariah said. There will come a time during the, that time from that the all flesh will come to Jerusalem. And they, look at this, though. They shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. Their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring to all flesh. Now, I've looked that up. I've looked at the different uh, guys that preach on this and Dake, all the different ones that know all this stuff, uh, Clarence Larkin. They said there's going to be a hole in the ground over in that part of the world. I believe it's probably Iraq where you'll... Now, this is going to be cool. <laughs> you'll be able to take the natural people during the millennium and you go, hey, man, you need to get born again. Let me show you what rebellion got people. You walk them over to that hole in the ground and they look down in that hole in the ground where their worm does not die, neither does their fire quench. You go, this is what rebellion got people. Now, I personally believe this is even after the millennium, that after the millennium people go, you look what rebellion got people. You don't want to rebel against the Lord. Now, I know that's a little heavy, but it's like, uh, I think it'll be a good preaching tool. <laughs> While you're preaching, what's that poster you got? That's that hole. <laughs> look at that hole. Don't do this. Amen. You don't hear a lot of preaching on that, but God's so merciful. He wants people to go, look what disobeying His laws got people. Thank God we live in the church age. Hallelujah. All right, go back to Revelation. Here we go. We got the photos of the Antichrist coming in just a moment. Here we go. It's just a joke. Come on, hang with me. All right, go back to Revelation 20. Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20. Look at verse 7. This is the end of the millennial reign of Christ. When the thousand years are expired, Revelation 20 verse 7... When the thousand years, this is the millennial reign of Christ, are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. He will go out to, see, to deceive the nations which are in the quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. This kind of blessed me, though, because even with Jesus ruling there physically, the church enforcing the kingdom, the, the number of the people that rebel is the sand of the sea. I mean, that's so crazy that you're like, here, there's Jesus, and people will go, it's not worth it. So watch what happens with those that still don't uh, get saved. He shall go out, verse 8, He shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. What's that? That's Russia and Iran. In verse number 9, They went up upon the breadth of the earth. Look how technology so changed that they get airborne over Jerusalem. They went up on the breadth of the earth and encompassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. So they're airborne over Jerusalem thinking they're going to destroy Jesus and the saints. Loser! And it says here, fire came down uh, from God out of heaven and devoured them. Notice there's not a lot written about that. Like, uh, you're toast. You, you think you're going to do this? It ain't going to happen. And the, the devil uh, that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So this is the last rebellion right there. Wow. So at the end, the devil's loose to get those people that have rebelled in a perfect society. And he's toast. And then right after that is what's called the great white throne judgment, where all the people throughout history that did not accept Jesus will go to the great white throne judge. They will be raised up to go before the judge. And God's so merciful, he'll even let them have their time in court. He'll go, let me see your works. And they'll go, well, I was a good person. I baked pies all the time. I did all this. And, but, but you're not righteous. All you had to do is accept Jesus' works and you wouldn't even be here at this judgment. That's called the, the second death hath no power over you because you, you don't ever go to that judgment because you're born again. So after that judgment, there, here comes the cool part too. Right after this judgment, the Lord goes, I think what we'll do is renovate the earth. The Bible says He renovates the earth with fire 
and uh, it'll be altered a little bit, and then all of a sudden he takes heaven, the Bible says, and brings it down to the earth. So there'll be an earthly Jerusalem and a heavenly Jerusalem. Uh, the new Jerusalem, it gives you the dimensions of it. How cool would that be? Now, this is radical. The natural people that never get glorified bodies will be bringing their glory and their honor into uh, Jerusalem forever. They'll be bringing, it says it, they'll be bringing, look, we made this really cool apple pie, Lord, here you go. And they, and they carry it. It's where the word highway comes from. The king's highways from the book of Revelation. The natural people will go up on the highways of God and they'll be highwaying and trafficking back and forth uh, from the natural Jerusalem to the spiritual Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. And we'll be living in the new Jerusalem forever. And I don't know what all we'll be doing, but it's going to be fun. Isn't it something how some people are like, well, is it going to be boring when we get there? Are you kidding me? Look, just look at the animal kingdom and look at the way the Lord thinks. I look at some of the animals he made and I'm like, wow, what were you thinking? Because he does not think like we do. He thinks over the top. And if you look in the book of Revelation, the last chapter here, let's go to it. It'll, it'll show you something that comes into play. Look at chapter 22 and we'll close. This is kind of cool. I'll look at 21 verse 24. We'll see it right before we get to 22. And the nations of them that are saved shall walk in the light of it. The kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. The gates of it shall not be shut by day, for they'll not be shut by night there. They're, they will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. I like this. Man, you, there's no need for the sun because of the glory that's in the face of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, how powerful is the sun? <laughs> how much heat and how much radiant warmth and light it produces? The glory just in His face. didn't say just the Father's glory. There'll be no need for the Son just for the glory that's in Jesus' face. Wow. We have an awesome Savior. It said in verse, chapter 22, verse 1, He showed me a pure river, water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, there was the tree of life. Now, where's the last time you heard of the tree of life? In the Garden of Eden. They, they had to be kept from the tree of life. God put those angels there, those cherubim there, so Adam and Eve couldn't eat of the tree of life and live forever. So He had to keep them from the tree of life so they wouldn't live in that cursed state forever. Okay, so all of a sudden, though, you have the tree of life brought back in. See how the plan of God goes full circle? Here's the tree of life. What's it for? Those natural people that aren't in glorified bodies. Just like Adam wasn't in a glorified body and he could have eaten of the tree of life. So here you have natural bodied people, verse 2, in the midst of the street of it on either side of the river, the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the, actually it says healing of the nations, it's the word preservation. And there will be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall, be, shall serve Him. Wow. And they shall see His face. Wow. And His name shall be in their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They'll need no candle, neither light. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Wow. What's wild is we are very, very, very close we are in eternity right now, but you're about to step into a whole other section of eternity called the rapture of the church. We get to finish off this dispensation. I believe you guys will get your next building, do whatever, your parking lot. I mean, I just think it'll be as cool as can be. But we get to be the boldest witness we can be. Let end-time preaching push you to do the will of God because time is so short. We have all of these signs. No other generations had them. None. It's inarguable. You can get someone, they'll go, well, I want to argue this, argue this. Eh, can't win. Can't win the argument. We've got too much Scripture. Too much Bible showing you where you are in time. So how do we respond to it as a church? We pick up the pace. 
We hustle. We, we don't complain. We don't murmur. I know you don't complain or murmur, but I'm saying sometimes when you're... A lot of churches, they come to the very end of the church age and they get weary and well-doing. There'll be no weary and well-doing. The finish line's right there. Hallelujah. We'll be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. So everything you do for Him, you'll be rewarded for it. How cool will that be? You have great, great, great things to look forward to. I think the number one thing is to just be there face to face. Like, wow, we're finally here. But get your relationship so good with Him before you're there. Walk with Him. Talk with Him. Minister to Him. Fellowship with Him. So that when you get there, it's not so startling. I talk about my dad. You know, the other times I've preached, I'm being eternity minded. My dad got saved on his deathbed. Had a stroke. Mocked God all his life. I mean, mocked God. Cursed God. He said, that religion will wear off, son, don't worry about it. <laughs> he has a stroke. We go into the emergency room. He gets born again right there. He goes home to be with the Lord. And I can just see my dad sliding into heaven and going, wow. You know, so we, we want to make every day count. You know, cause we, do we have five years left? I don't know. Do we have 10 years? Do we have 20 years? Do we have 30 years? I don't, I don't think a lot of time. I think it's very, very, very soon just based on everything that's happening in the earth. And I didn't preach a lot about Iran and Ajinadad and Iraq and the flotillas and all the stuff that's absolutely putting pressure on Israel every day. They've had two attacks in the last couple of days. They have attacks every day. My buddy had a rocket hit 100 feet from his house. This is with technically Gaza going to have peace because Israel gave Gaza back to the Palestinians. And the Palestinians don't even have peace because Hamas, can't, they can't even get along with their other group, Hezbollah. So they're fighting and shelling Israel every single day. Think, this is pretty radical, think if Minnesota said, you know what, or, or Montana goes, you know what, we're going to shell Idaho. No. You, or if Canada said, you know what, let's start throwing some shells into Idaho. One, one shell, America would go, uh-uh, ain't happening. But Israel's supposed to sit back and take it. That's that mentality that the earth is having for Israel is to punish them 700 and something uh, documents filed against Israel at the UN. Zero against the Palestinians. And the Palestinians train their little kids. I used to bring pictures. and They put C4 on their stomachs when they're three and four and five years old, training them to be suicide bombers. You don't see any, don't, don't see any C4 on any Jewish boys. Amen. So we're blessed. All this is happening right now because we're about to see the Ancient of Days. Wow. The Ancient of Days, will, Daniel said, will come back and prevail. The one who is and was and is to come. The one the whole earth is full of His glory. John saw Him as eyes of flame of fire, feet like undefined brass, voice of many waters. He's your King. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. So endeavor to do everything He's called you to do. And look forward to His return. Preach about His return. Don't, don't worry if people don't understand it. Just say, hey, the Lord's coming back. But those will be seeds in their ears that yeah. down the road when all of a sudden you disappear. They'll go, wow, that guy over there told me he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. Yeah. You ready for the rapture? You want to have a little rapture practice? Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be cool if you had some springs in the seats and while everybody's sitting there, you could just hit a button and all of a sudden, everybody shoots up. That'd be awesome. What'd you guys do today? We had a little rapture practice. Scared a few people. <laughs> Let's, let's thank Him for a minute before we dismiss. It's right at 12. Let's bless Him for a minute. Let's thank Him that we're living in this dispensation. Jesus, thank You. 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 We get to be here when You pull out all the stops. You saved the best for last. The last days of the church age. 
finishing in power and glory and demonstration. Lord, we thank you for impartation of the Holy Ghost to even strengthen us to run our race. A renewal of fuel, a renewal of fire. We thank you for it. We thank you for the fire of God and the zeal of God to consume us so that we would lay away the things of the earth and we'd walk with God. Commune with you, Father, just like Enoch walked with God and he was caught up. I thank you for intensifying everyone's walk. We bless you. We honor you. We, we worship you, Jesus of Nazareth. Father, that it would be proper that we could speak of your goodness, that it would be proper that we'd magnify you in this room. Jesus, receive the honor that's due your name in this room right now. Be magnified and glorified. You gave your life. So we lift you up, Son of God. Thank you for your word that says, Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. Thank you, Father, that every person in this room, you said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. They're overcomers. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen and amen. Now, I know there's a lot of things I didn't get to cover because, you know, you just kind of got to do highlights. But you want to take the flavor of what we're called to do and let the flavor propel you to do the will of God. Some things are caught, they're not necessarily taught. You know, because you, you can teach a long time, but you want to get that boldness to do the will of God. God's blessed you. He's raised you up for this hour. Can't wait to see what all is going to happen in your church. It's going to be awesome.